Father, we just thank you for Yeshua. Thank you for your word. Just pray that you anoint your word today, Father. Give us ears to hear and hearts to respond in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Would you like to turn, please, to um, Psalm 89? I'm going to read from verse 14. What I wanted to share today is um, about God as the judge and just focus on, there's much that we could say about judgment, but I want to focus on God's character as a good judge because it has changed my life and it always continues to change my life when you just realize the goodness of God as a judge, okay? So from verse 14, justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. In thy name shall they rejoice all the day, and in thy righteousness shall they be exalted. And we love to sometimes sing those last two verses. Um, and that joyful sound, blessed is the people that know the joyful sound, is all about one of these. This is a shofar, or in, um, and on Thursday evening, on when the setting, when the, the rise, the, the new moon was sighted in Jerusalem, that meant it was the feast of trumpets, the blowing of trumpets. So there would have been much blowing of trumpets, certainly in Jesus' time, a lot more than there is now in Israel, but praise God, there was plenty of it also. And even in the Carey household, say so thank God. <laughs> the Feast of Trumpets heralds the first day of the seventh month. And it's got lots of wonderful names like the, the, the Awakening Blast. Um, and it's supposed to get us ready for the return of the King, the announcing of the King. And um, of course, the King also comes with judgment. Now we're in what in, on the Bible calendar would be 10 days of awe between Feast of Trumpets and Yom Kippur, which focuses very much on judgment. And, you know, in Bible times, the children of Israel would be rehearsing in their minds about judgment and things about judgment, getting ready, making, putting things right, putting their lives right with God. And that's why um, I believe God wants us to celebrate and rehearse his calendar, his feast days every year, because it's good for us to go through this process of, re of rehearsing, remembering, thinking about. So we're going to look at um, the g God as a good judge today, okay? Praise God. Can we turn to Hebrews chapter 12? I love the book of Hebrews. It always blesses me and excites me. And... I just want to share a context of the book of Hebrews. It was written to Messianic Jews living in Rome. They'd recently returned to Rome because the then Roman emperor had stopped persecuting Jews 
because he'd re realized that was a big mistake and he wanted to um, wanted them back praise God so the Messianic Jews amongst and, and other Jews were allowed to return to Rome but he was at the same time persecuting Christians very heavily and so this letter to 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 the Messianic believers in Rome is really an exhortation for them not to take the easy out by denying Yeshua and returning to the synagogue of Jewish believers who did not accept Yeshua as Messiah. And so um, the writer, I was going to say Paul, we don't know who the writer is, but the, he, he, he presents wonderful pictures of God. He's saying, don't turn away from Yeshua. Remember this. Look at this. Look at this. So it's an exhortation. And we're, we're going to look at just a few verses from Hebrews chapter 12 from 22 to 24. Okay? So we're 22 to 24. And he's saying to these Messianic believers, But ye are come unto Mount Zion. Mount Zion was, is one of the three hills in Jerusalem, and it was where David brought back the Ark of the Covenant. But ye are come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. So there's a hint there that it's not just a physical place, Jerusalem, but it's also talking about the heavenly Jerusalem. And in the book of Revelations we learn that at the end of the millennium, that God is not, God doesn't actually want to live in heaven forever. That came as a bit of a shock to me, because you you're so, we're so familiar with the idea of God in heaven. But you know, his chosen dwelling place for all eternity is down here on earth. He says the new heavens and the new earth are going to come down. And it's not the new Mars either. It's the new earth, okay? This planet is God's chosen dwelling place forever. He's going to come back. Praise God. So we are come to the heavenly Jerusalem and the innumerable company of angels. So those are all the angels that stayed with God, the two-thirds that did not rebel. So that's where we come. Now to the general assembly and church of firstborn, the firstborn, which are written in heaven. That general assembly means a big meeting, a coming together of this group of people that are called, they're called out of the, the, the assembly of the, of the firstborn. And as Pastor Marion was saying, you know, it's time for us to make God first in our life. And you know what, when you make God, when you make Yeshua, take up his offer as first, do you know what happens? You become a firstborn. It's absolutely extraordinary that that's what it means to be a joint heir with Yeshua, Jesus. You can't get any higher in the kingdom than a firstborn. The firstborn gets the double portion of the inheritance. The firstborn is first. And that's what's on offer here. So he's giving, the, he's giving us this picture that we are come 
to this assembly, the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to the judge of all. In the middle of this scene is the judge of all. And the spirits of just men made perfect. And to Yeshua, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. So that's the picture. It's a, it's a, a throne. It's a place of judgment coming to, the, to God, the judge of all. I don't know if you've ever had to stand before a judge or a magistrate on earth as one condemned or to be tried. As a young driver, I was involved in a motor accident and I had to stand before a judge, actually a magistrate, I don't know if there's a difference. But do you know what, I was so grateful, I'd hired an advocate to speak for me. And Yeshua is our advocate in this scene. To Yeshua, the mediator of the new covenant. Um, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Do you know blood speaks? It's a, it's a very strange thing, but that's what the Word of God says, the blood speaks. When Cain killed Abel, his blood was shed on the ground, but it spoke, it cried out, and it cried out for vengeance. But Yeshua's blood was also sprinkled seven times on the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark which David brought to Mount Zion. And it speaks not of judge of, of vengeance, it speaks of mercy. So I just we're, we're going to look a little bit more of about God as a good judge, and then I want to come back to that scene. That phrase judge of all was the same, it, it turns up when Abraham was interceding with God for Sodom and Gomorrah. It says in, in Genesis 18, that be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, that the righteous should be as the wicked. Be that far from thee, shall not the judge of all the earth do right. So Abraham was, he was pleading with God, saying, you know, if there, if there are enough righteous people, hold back your judgment. And we know the story. Now, the first thing my advocate asked me when he was preparing to defend me was, who's the judge? So let's just ask that question of the scriptures. Who's the judge? Okay? Because, yes, Father God sits God judge of all in this scene we've seen. But, let's turn to John chapter 5. It, this is just to be, keep in the sort of feast theme. This, this, this was set 
at Shavuot, and this is what Yeshua was saying, Shavuot is Pentecost, Hebrew word for Pentecost, Feast of Pentecost. It says from verse 22 of chapter 5, For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment to the Son. So the judge isn't going to be the Father, but it's going to be the Son. That all men should honour the Son, even as they honour the Father. He that honoureth not the Son, honoureth not the Father which hath sent him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death to life. That's what Marian was sharing about the Gospel. When we accept that we are sinners deserving condemnation and set for hell, we're ready for the Holy Spirit to show us Yeshua and God's provision for us, which is if we believe that Jesus died for our sins and shed his blood and we're prepared to trust him with that, then we pass from death to life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear him here shall live. As the Father hath life in himself, so he hath given to the Son to have life in himself. Somebody, you know, only Yeshua can do that because he has life in himself. We don't have that. And it goes on to say, and this is the Father hath given him Yeshua, authority to execute judgment also because and also because he is the son of man so why would the father transfer authority to judge to the son and i believe it's because the father has chosen to execute the judgment of my sin on yeshua And he wants everybody to honour the Son for that. So it wouldn't make sense for God to judge me if I've accepted that God has judged Yeshua for my sin. And I honour Yeshua for that because he is my only hope. God is a good judge and what that means is he's not going to let me off my sin. He can't. It has to be judged. I've had three really good conversations with people who are unsaved this year. And they go something like this. They, they ask me what I, what I do and things like that and, and, they'll say, and they'll say, well, I'm not religious. And I'll say, thank God for that. <laughs> to try and say it's about a relationship, it's not about going to church. And so we talk about that. And then the next thing they'll say, I'm not an angel. And I thought, well, I haven't noticed any wings, so yeah, I believe you. <laughs> but really what they're saying is, I've sinned. I'm not an angel. But then the next thing they say 
is but I'm a good person. <laughs> Haven't we all been there? Yes. Haven't we all been there? And really in their mind, they're thinking about this seesaw. I'm not an angel, I'm a good person, not religious, but you know what? I'm good enough. So God's going to let me into heaven. But God is a good judge. He can't do that. That's what, and I love that because it means for me there's only one hope, and that's repentance. If I don't accept what God has offered through the work of Jesus Christ for me, it's hell. That's it. My only hope is repentance. And that's wonderful if you know Yeshua. It's terrifying if you don't. I just want to share, 1989 is when I got saved. It talks about, in Romans 2, Paul is talking about God as a judge, and he, he gives four principles for God's, how God judges us. One of them, he says, it's 16, that's it, it's 2.16, yeah. It talks about God rendering to, uh, to let me just get it, because in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. The secrets of men. When I was, the Lord was convicting me and I was responding to him, one of the main things was I knew I did not love God. Now, I didn't dislike him. I quite liked him, actually. But I didn't love him. If I looked in my heart, I had to be honest and say, it's just not there. It's just not there. And then, I say God or the Holy Spirit, but anyway, I, this is how God dealt with me. He said, that's okay. You can't love me because you haven't got my love in you. Are you willing for me to give, you, to give my love to you so you can love me back? In effect, that's what was happening. And I suddenly understood, yeah, I don't love God. It's not there because I haven't got it. But God didn't leave me there. He said, no. We love God because he first loved us. First, you've got to receive my love then this relationship's going to work. And that's, that's, you know, that's judging the secrets of the heart. God gives us everything we need. And, you know, yes, we've sinned. Okay, not a problem. I've put your sin on Yeshua. He will, you know, I've, I've, I've forgiven you. And I've also taken the punishment because I'm a good judge and I can't let you off. We're just going to read through the first few verses of Romans 2. 
I'm going to go from verse 2, Romans 2 from verse 2. But we are sure that the judgments of God, the judgment of God is according to truth against them which have committed commit such things. So we know that's the first principle. God judges according to truth. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things and doest the same, that thou shall escape the judgment of God? That's somebody like me, a religious person. Well, not so, but it's easy to judge other people and not judge yourself by the same light. And he's saying it doesn't work. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads thee to repentance. You know, when you know that God is a good judge and he's not going to let you off the hook, That's a strong motivation to repent. The goodness of God as judge leads me to repentance. Other things do his mercy, his grace, but do you know what? It's so practical. I, you know, I'm standing in front of the judge. He's not going to let me off, so what am I going to do? It's repentance or hell. And I thank God. You see, God even gives you that repentance. It's elsewhere in the scripture, it says he gives repentance. Change of thought, change of thought, thinking as well. So that's, that's the goodness of God leads us to repentance. goes on in verse 6 to say that who will render to every man according to his deeds. We're judged on our deeds not, and actions, not on our good intentions. And it goes on in verse 11 to say, he's no respecter of persons. You, you know, everybody's on this a level playing field with God. And finally, verse 12, it says, for as many as have sinned without the law shall perish also without the law, and as many as sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. That's a bit of a complicated sentence, but really what it's saying is we're judged according to the moral light we have and the, and the spiritual understanding we have. So the more we understand from the word of God, the more is expected of us, and that's right. If you're a firstborn, you get a double portion of the inheritance, but that comes with responsibilities as well. Praise God. Praise God. So, it comes back to me, rejoicing all the day in thy name. I like to rejoice in God's character, and I like to rejoice that he's a good judge. He's not going to let me off the hook. He's going to judge my sin but the amazing thing is, he has said, your punishment, my son Yeshua has taken. And that just makes me rejoice even more. Praise God. Praise God. Let's just pray 
you know, just give give our lives back to God, you know, in the secrets of our heart, if we've not really made him first or if we don't, if we think that, you know what, my good goodness is going to <laughs> carry some weight. We need to understand from the word of God that nothing that we can offer is ever going to be good enough to atone for our sins. We have to rely on what God has provided through executing judgment on his son. That means taking the, the blame and the punishment for our sin, which he did on the cross. And then we're given his righteousness. Father, I want to thank you for your word. Thank you that Yeshua's blood speaks for me and that when my sin comes up for judgment, Yeshua's blood says, he belongs to me, he's one of mine, he's a firstborn, he's trusting that my blood will wipe away the record of his sin. Father, that is just such, so wonderful, and I want to thank you for it. Thank you that this is your, a respecter of no man, no person, and you offer this to every person, every man, every woman, every child. And I just want to thank you afresh in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Father, we are just going to... I thank you that people have shared this with me. People have prayed the prayer of salvation with me. And I'm just going to speak it out for anyone listening or watching. So Father God, we thank you for Yeshua, Jesus, your Son. Thank you for the Holy Ghost who, who shows us these things, shows us that we're sinners and that we need a saviour. Thank you, Father, that you, you show us that we can't ever do anything good enough to change that. So, Father, in the name of Yeshua, I confess that I am a sinner. I have sinned. I accept with gratitude that you have sent Jesus and he has shed his blood on the cross for me. I receive that afresh and I thank you for it, Lord Jesus. And I pray Father, for anyone listening, that you would do the same. Just say, I am a sinner. I need a saviour. I accept that Jesus' blood was shed for me. It pays the price for my sin. And I make Jesus Lord of my life now. I make him first in my life. And I thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit. I pray that you fill me afresh with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with that love so that I can love you back and start obeying even the first commandment to love you. Thank you that you provide all these things and I receive my salvation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.